Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Vodacy Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore. And today, it's just you and I. We're gonna have been, I've been lining up a lot of interviews for you guys. Hope you've been enjoying them and have a lot more stacked up. But there's a few things I wanted to chat with you about today. And... Uh, there's a few things that I'm going to, I'm going to give you a story here in a minute and it might seem like I'm frustrated at times. I'm not that frustrated. I'm, I'm frustrated that uh, I have continued to have very similar conversations and it's just the nature of the business we're in, the season that short-term rentals are at, right? See, the short-term rentals have matured now to where they're very mainstream, they're very popular, lots of people are talking about them and, and there's a lot of information out there. And there's a lot of people who um, give good information and good advice, and there's a lot of people who are probably saying things that they don't really that that are not going to help you in this game. And it's your responsibility to decide and do your due diligence and figure out who you're going to listen to, what advice you're going to take, what process you're going to follow, and hopefully you have one. And so, so that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. Before we dive into that. Um, so the, those, those of you that don't know who I am or where I come from or what I'm doing, if you haven't been around or listened to us for very long, so my name is Sean Moore. I'm a full-time real estate investor, have been for 22 years. That's all I've ever done. Never had a full-time job in 22 years. All we've done is full-time real estate investing. And for since 2015, we have focused exclusively on short-term rentals. So not just you know, as our as our primary investment vehicle since 2015, we focused on short-term rentals, and then we started teaching investors our view of this world and our process, so that we could so that they could dive into this game. In 2019, we started teaching um, how to investors how to succeed in short-term rentals. So, I'm not a real estate agent. I don't sell short-term rentals. I'm not a management company. I hire all those professionals, but. I am a full-time real estate investor since 2015, seen a lot of deals. I didn't just start doing this when this became popular in the last couple years, and we have helped thousands of paid members in our group within Vodacy. That's what Vodacy does. Vodacy is my education company that helps those investors. So I say that only to only to kind of preface what I'm about to talk about is we've been around this game for a little bit, and there's a lot of people who are so-called experts and they might be really really great at what they do but they don't have the time Um, they haven't seen different markets they haven't seen different things ups and downs and all that stuff and that's okay we all have to start somewhere but I want you to I want you as you start if you're considering diving into this game if you're considering investing in short-term rentals what what I hope this episode does is maybe helps raise some questions for you of maybe the process or the path you're following right now. And and the reason I bring it up is because I have a conversation the other day with, with somebody who was who reached out to one of our one of our uh, members doing a strategy session and they had a strategy session with Vodacy and and uh, this lady was she's a full time she was a full time teacher for a long time, put a lot of years in teaching and she is retired now. She built up a nice little nest egg of about five hundred thousand dollars. And that's her entire that's her entire retirement. That's that's her net worth. That's what she has. That's what she's built up. And she was very concerned about losing it and said, I want my goal is to buy a short term rental. And 
By the way, I'm under contract right now, and I'm really scared because I don't want to make a mistake. I can't afford to make a mistake. If I, if I lose this money, it's everything I have worked for. It's everything I've built up. And, um, you know, and my team member who was on the phone with her said, hey, Sean, what do you think? Um, I think we can help her, but she's under contract on this house. Do you want to talk to her? I feel really like I feel like this real sense of responsibility to kind of help her. I don't think she's um, I don't think she's in the right deal. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Let me, I'd love to get on the phone with her. Super, super nice lady. And had a phone, had a phone call with her and got on the phone and she was getting advice from a lot of different people and she is under contract. And I said, okay, awesome. Let's tell me about the deal. And she told me about the deal and it was in a smaller market and which is no big deal. I'm just telling you kind of the details. I, I like big markets, small markets, just so you guys know. There are good deals and bad deals in every market, and you what you have to understand is the market you go into and what makes a profitable deal in that market. And so, I asked a few questions, and um, you know her advice. We, we have our Vodacy group. It's not a cheap program to join. Our mentorship program is not cheap. It's not a ninety-nine dollar a month program. It's not a five hundred dollar program that you learn in a weekend or an eight-week course. That uh, because this is a process, it's not an event. Our mentorship program is a bit more of an event. Investment than that, and she said, "Well, listen. I talked to my brother, and he said that you know I really don't need to invest in this, and I can find all this out on my own, which is absolutely true." And so I told her, "I said, absolutely. You can everything we do, you can go figure out on your own. We happen to have a lot of years in this, and have been doing this for a long time. And regardless of whether you're you're going to join us in our mentorship group or not, I'd love to hear about your deal, and so that I can help you, you know, look at it. I I have analyzed thousands of these deals, so maybe I can be of help and and point out some things that you maybe should look at when you go do your due diligence and your inspections. And so I offered that to her on the phone. She graciously took me up on the offer, and told me about her deal. And so I'll lay the kind of the groundwork of the deal really quick. And I just, it's a small market deal. These markets, wherever you're at right now, it's almost exclusive across the board that these markets are white hot. You're usually very low inventory. You're usually paying more than they're, um, than they're asking a lot of times more than they're going to appraise for. And so it's even more important to understand the underwriting. When I started asking her a little bit about the market and the deal, and I, I pulled it up and, and was familiar with it. And I asked her how she ran her numbers. And she said, well, um, I didn't really run the numbers. My real estate agent told me that there was a property that was well, pretty close to me down the street that was getting X amount per night. And so I figured that I could get somewhere in that range. And she said, if I can get that per night and I'll be good. And I said, okay, um, where did your real estate agent get that? information from. So, well, she talked to somebody that had that information. I said, okay. Um, and so, so, and I just kind of put that aside, by the way, that's not how you should do your underwriting, but I said, okay, well, how did you calculate the revenue based on that number? So it's $300 a night that she told me. And so I just took that times it by 30 and times it by 12. I said, okay, um, that's not how you run numbers on this. First of all, this is a lot of these markets are very seasonal. It was a mountain market, and that's going to give you a way higher revenue projection than what you're actually going to get, right? That's a that's a way higher than what you're actually going to be able to pull in with this with this property, right? And so 
she said, okay, that makes sense. I understand there's occupancy, um, that, you know, there's, there's vacancies and there's, you know, seasonality and there's nightly rates that fluctuate and everything else. So, but if I, if I, even if I got 80% of that, that would be good. I said, okay, well, you're probably not going to get 80% because this market I'm looking at right now that you're in, I'm familiar with averages about 60, 65% occupancy. And so, um, I, I think that that's a little, it's probably a little bit thin, um, the deal that you, that you're looking at. And I said, let me, let me peel back a few more layers. Have you seen any other properties on, did you even look on Airbnb, VRBO? Cause that's what most people do. And she said, yeah, I did look on Airbnb, um, and VRBO and, and saw the other properties I'm competing against. And this property seems like it would fit right, you know, right in line with those properties. And my agent told me that these, these are doing really well up here. They're, this is a, this is a really good market and, and they make X amount at this time. Um, for example, this property, she was anticipating to make about $90,000 a year in gross revenue. And, um, and I said, okay, well, let's look, let me pull up the market. Let's look at, uh, what I'm looking at. And I was, I'm able to look at and see the top properties in the market. Well, the top properties in that market, which her property wasn't as good as those properties were set up really nicely. They had great reviews. They had a great experience because they're operating at the very top of that particular market. And they were only making about $78,000. That was the top property in the market gross. And she's anticipating if to make this deal work at $90,000. And so I, I said, hey, listen, let's let's back up a little bit. One of the things that you you're basically saying to make this deal work, you have to set the new high water mark in this area. It's probably unlikely. That's not that's not what you want to do when you dive into a deal. First, second, this looks really thin to me. And you told me that this is not a deal that that you can afford to lose money. This is your this is your absolute nest egg. You don't want to lose any money on this deal. Not that you're going to lose on buying the property because the markets are hot, you could resell it, but you're not gonna have any, you're not gonna make any income. So I said, okay, what are your property goals? Are the goals that you that you just park the money in a property and you you know you're able to use it and and maybe supplement it a little bit because that's that's okay if that's a property goal. That's a property goal for a lot of people and that's okay. And she said no I do want to use the property. In fact, I'm retired. I would like to use it weekly. And I said, okay, when are you planning on using it weekly? And she said, probably, I mean, I'd like to come up a couple days every single week. I said, are you flexible on that? Because this is kind of a weekend warrior type of a community. This is definitely a, it's outside of a major metropolitan area. And it was the drivable distance, but most of this, this market is just weekend traffic, right? And that's why the numbers weren't super high because it's mostly weekend traffic. And I said, you're, if you can use it on the, you know, midweek, then you're probably not losing out on a ton of business. But if you plan on being here on the weekends, now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden that revenue that you were planning on, which is probably not accurate, is now even a lot less than that. And so we're, we got to factor that into it. And she said, well, I didn't really think of that. I would like to be up here on the weekends because that's when everybody's here. That's when everything's happening. I said, yeah. So, so the question is, is this just is this just an asset that you're, or a second home that you're trying to supplement, or are you looking at this as an investment? Anyways, long story short, she decided that uh, I, um, you know, pro, you know, th- was super gracious with our conversation. We went into a lot more details. I don't want to go into all the details here because not that you'll figure out who she is or where it's at or anything else. But um, my point to this is, she she ended up deciding that 
Um, that conversation was all she needed now to move forward or not move forward. She said, thank you so much. This is exactly what I needed. And, um, I I feel comfortable now that, um, that this, that I understand this game better, which is great. That's what I was hoping for. But the fact is she doesn't understand the game better. A conversation for 30 minutes on the phone, whoever it is, with me or anybody else that's been in this game, is not going to get you to understand this game. This is a process, not an event, right? There are a lot of different pieces to this puzzle. She just happened to talk to us while she was in the middle of an acquisition that she didn't understand. She's getting her advice from a realtor. Not that realtors are bad. I use realtors on every single one of my deals, but I don't let my realtors underwrite my deals. I understand how to underwrite deals and I should I would suggest that you do as well. The reason I bring this up is I hear over and over and over that my realtor told me it was going to make this much money and now it doesn't. Oh, by the way, I thought I could do short-term rentals because management company or realtor told me I could do that. I hear I get I hear realtors get blamed for a lot of things and whether they they should or shouldn't, really, in my opinion, they shouldn't. It's your responsibility. This conversation is more about not about you know who who you're able to help and what advice you're taking. It's more about whose responsibility is it if you have a bad deal. Whose responsibility is it if you buy the wrong deal. Whose responsibility is it if you don't understand the game you're getting into. It's not your realtor's responsibility. It's not the management company's responsibility. It's not your neighbor's responsibility. It's not your brother's or your sister's or your mom's or your dad's or your friend's or all those people that give us advice because they are giving us, most of the time, they're giving us the best advice that they know. Everybody has an opinion on stuff, especially when it comes to real estate because and whether it's short-term rentals or anything. That's a topic that a lot of people like to talk about. And but and so everybody has a piece of advice and they don't even though some of those people that are giving you advice are experts and they're licensed and they're in this game you're hiring them for specific things a realtor's job is not to underwrite the deal for you a realtor's job is to help you make those offers understand the value of the property understand you know what what you're diving into as far as the value of a property that is, you know, what's it going to appraise for? What's the average price per square foot in the area? Not the revenue that it can generate. That's your responsibility to figure that out. And then you got to figure out is the price you're paying and the revenue you're going to make or projected to make on it. Does that ratio line up with your investment goals? And so there's a lot that goes into underwriting these deals. And I hear so many people passing the blame or the responsibility to somebody else. How common, I, I, it, literally daily I hear when I ask somebody, when I see a deal and I say, do you, you know, this is a short-term rental, is it, are you, are you allowed to do short-term rentals here? Can you get the licensing and the permitting that you need to operate as a short-term rental? And they say, well, yeah, my, I said, where'd you, did you look, did you talk to the municipality, the HOAs, the county, all those places that you need to get those, that per, those permissions from and make sure that you're allowed to do that before you purchase here? He said, no, what, but I've talked to my, my agent, you know, I talked to the realtor said I could do this or the neighbor says they're doing it. Or I looked on Airbnb and I can see 10 others or a hundred others. That is not that taking the responsibility and seeing if you can or can't operate a short-term rental. 
you know, short-term rentals, that's a whole different tangent I could talk about. Short-term rentals are a very specific asset class at this stage. And short-term rentals should not be operated everywhere, right? I'm, I love short-term rentals as an investor, but I'm also not of the, the belief that you should go pull, pop a short-term rental everywhere that you decide to rent it. Um, all these different communities, we want to be responsible neighbors. We want to do this the right way. And so all these community has, communities have rules and regulations around where you can and can't operate short-term rentals. And some of them are favorable for us. Some of them are not. But it's the same as if I was an investor going in and building an apartment complex. I can't go build an apartment complex anywhere. I have to have the right zoning for an apartment complex. If I want to go put a gas station somewhere, I can't put that on a neighborhood corner in the middle of a residential neighborhood. Area. It's not going to be zoned for that, right? There's going to be a specific zoning for a gas station. And just like now, we're starting to see specific zoning for short-term rentals. Most, A lot of people, because this is such a popular game right now, and everybody's talking about how to make money on Airbnb and, and make money with short-term rentals, then a lot of those details kind of get lost in the conversation. Everybody wants to talk about the diet pill. They don't want to talk about the workout plan. And that's just our, that's society in general. There's a lot of noise out there. doesn't matter what you're going into. Short-term rentals is no exception. But you really need to figure out what does the workout plan look like? Because there are no easy buttons. This is going to be more expensive than you think. This is going to take you more time than you think. And there are going to be more challenges than you think. And so you ought to walk into it with your eyes wide open because it can be a space that is really, really fun and really, really profitable if you understand it, even in today's environment of super saturated markets with sky high real estate prices. But because of some of those things, it's even more important to understand how are you underwriting this deal, right? There's really three things that you need to be paying attention to. on, And, and we talk about the three major phases. The acquisition phase, you better understand how to underwrite and analyze deals. Do you understand how to pull average occupancy in an area? Uh, average nightly rates in an area? Can you see the top end of the market, the bottom end of the market? Do you know how to run, pull comps? that actually show you gross revenue from existing rentals out there so that you can see where you fit in within the market. If you don't, you better figure that out. The second phase, getting your property set up and that management structure set in place, whether you're going to do it on your own or whether you're going to hire a full-service management company or you're going to do some hybrid approach in between. You need to figure out, do you have a process and a plan to follow in that and set that property up to succeed in these markets? You should be setting a property up for a very specific target audience so that they have this really great, unique experience. It's the only way to operate at the top of a market is to understand that. And then third, that marketing phase is how are you going to articulate that to your guests? How are you going to go stand out in these crowded markets with thousands of other listings without saying and without having to use price to to uh, stand out, right? If you like, you've heard you guys have heard me talk about price a lot. Most people just assume I have to compete with my neighbor on price. That is absolutely not true. If you understand everything else and how to do this. You can operate and charge double what other people are charging and people will book your property. But you have to provide that value. You have to make sure that you know how to do that and you have to for sure be able to articulate it because somebody's seeing your property in a thousand other properties, how are you gonna stand out in that? If you don't know the answers to those questions, you probably ought to take a step back, not maybe not dive into the deep end without knowing how to swim. And that's what I'm really talking about here is 
you know, if I gave you three properties in any market that you're looking at, could you tell me which one of the three or all three or which ones possibly could uh, would be good short-term rentals that would, you know, is there a difference between them? Most of the time, we assume it's just the property itself. Like we assume that, oh, that property, that property looks nicer, so it's probably going to do better. Maybe, maybe not. Do you understand why? What are the questions you would ask? And, and dive into what, how many layers of the onion do you know how to peel back to be able to say that, Sean, that one there is going to perform better and here's why, right? Second, if I took, let's say I go into an existing market of short-term rentals and I pulled three properties randomly from Airbnb that all look very similar and I handed them to you and said, could you tell me which one you think is operating or generating more income than the other and why? Right? If you can't answer that kind of stuff, then you're then you're gonna struggle when you get into this game. And not that you won't learn it, you'll learn it because you're gonna be forced to learn it, right? I just challenge you to take a couple steps back because there's a lot of people chirping, myself included, right? I'm part of those people that are chirping in your ear about short-term rentals. And you know, and everybody giving all this advice and all this noise out there. What I challenge you to do is decide who you're going to listen to, what road you decide you want to run down, and then stick with that road and know why you're sticking with it. Know why you're asking that person. Where is your advice coming from? Is it coming from a realtor that is, you know, they're, you know, they're telling you the best markets or the markets that they have offices in? Are you working with somebody that actually has experience in short-term rentals? Do they own any? A lot of times the, the people who own these, they're not, they might be, they might have a team, but you're working with their team members. You're not working with them. And most of the team members, they're probably new agents that are on a really high split and they don't really know the game as well, but you're relying on them to take your advice from. I love agents, by the way, I, I, I use like my, one of my best partners in every single market is my realtor. But I make sure that I get the right ones and I know why I'm getting the right ones. And I never ask my realtors ever, ever, ever once to underwrite the deal for me or tell me what they think it's going to generate. I know how to look that up on my own. It's my responsibility. I'm writing the check, right? I'm not going to take the advice from somebody that's going to get a big payday the minute I close and tell me whether it's a good deal or not. Because they might be giving me the best advice possible, but I know how long it takes to underwrite these deals, and I promise you, most of them are not underwriting the deals. And if they if they even attempt it, they're not doing it the same way. I am. What about a management company? Am I going to take my advice from a management company that has that tells me, hey, the top markets are this, this, and this? Like one of the biggest questions I always get is, hey, Sean, where are the top markets to invest? Well, there's good properties and bad properties in every single market. And so I want to know how to underwrite in any market, and I'll invest in the markets I'm interested in. But management companies are notorious for saying, hey, we know that people want this. We know that that's a big question is where the number one proper, uh, markets to invest. So we're going to put these lists out of the top markets and they happen to be by the way the top markets happen to be markets where we have offices in but that would be great because everybody will flood there so is that why i'm saying it's not that those are bad markets if those are the markets you're interested in investing in understand though what makes a good property in that market right that's where are you taking advice from your friends or your family or somebody that's never done this before because they they heard something that somebody said one time or, or are you really diving in and trying to figure this out from people who have been in the game and been in the game for a little while, 
right? I, I would double check and see how long somebody, when they're giving you advice on something, ask them how long ago they got in. Doesn't mean if they're new that that's bad advice by any stretch. Like there's a lot of brand new people that give great advice. Like we all have to start somewhere, right? But it's something that I would still ask and ask how long they've been doing something, you know, and, and then take that responsibility and put it back on your own shoulders, right? It's your responsibility if it doesn't work out. It's not somebody else's. And so we want to we want to kind of hit the easy button or take the diet pill instead of figuring out how to how to roll up our sleeves and start working out, right? And so you can have a plan and a process to follow and you feel part of that plan is is building this dream team of amazing mentors and amazing professionals. Some of those are those people. Like I'm not, not I don't want you to think I'm trying to throw shade on realtors and management companies and some of the other people you're taking advice from, but Use those those professionals for what you hired them for, not to do your dirty work of actually understanding the game you're playing, understanding how to underwrite your deal, understanding how to tell you how to set the property up for success, asking them what they're going to do when you have to market it and nobody's nobody's booking your property and it, because there's thousands of other properties and you feel like, man, I just need to drop my price. And if that's the only thing you know how to do, then you don't understand the game. Right, so, so guys, I challenge you today. My my challenge today is don't be the person who calls up and I ask the question of, oh, this is this is awesome. Tell me about your property. Tell me about where you found out this information or why you why you decided this is the right property. Don't be the person that the answer is, well, my realtor told me it was a good one, or so and so said that the neighbor has a property that's doing that. Make sure that you know how to verify it. It's okay to ask those questions. I ask those questions all the time, but I know how to verify it. I know how to run the numbers. And and if you don't know how to do that, try to figure out how to do it. And if you're interested in learning how to do it, go check out Odyssey.com. We've got a, I've got a YouTube channel. You guys are listening to the podcast. We've got free trainings. Ultimately, if you're going to dive into this game and you're interested in wanting help, you'll have the opportunity to reach out to us and we can set up a call, chat, and see if that's the right fit. But just take a couple steps back. I want you getting into this game. It's so fun. There are so many boxes that this asset class checks off for me, and I can't imagine doing anything else at this stage. And But I also see some of the mistakes on a daily basis that people are making, and I want to help you avoid those and at least get, get it to where you're asking yourself those questions. You don't have to answer to me. You don't have to answer to your friend or the realtor or the management company what those answers are. You have to answer to yourself. This These questions are between you and you, right? Ask, ask yourself an honest question in the mirrors. Hey, am I ready? Did I prepare myself for this? Like a, like the earlier conversation with that lady, her her brother said, "You don't need Sean. He's he. You know, you can go find out everything he's done. You know, nothing he's doing, and you can't figure out on your own." One hundred percent true advice. Is it if you know? There's a lot of time and effort. You know, there that, that there's a lot. There's thousands and thousands of hours in this at this stage. But one hundred percent true advice that you can go figure this stuff out on your own. Are you willing to do it? If not, try to find somebody that can help you with it. So that's what I have for you guys today. I hope you enjoy these episodes. If you do, please share them with somebody. You know, please share them with somebody that might be diving into this game that these could be helpful for. We always are we're coming to you with, you know, these types of episodes with the, the best advice we can give you and share and serve you at, at, the, at our highest level 
that we know how to do. We bring you interviews of successful members all across the country in different, you know, brand new investors to super experienced investors and share with you their journey and their mistakes. And they always, they always give you advice that they wish they would have known. And so if you find, if you know anybody that this would be helpful for, share it with them. This, that stuff really helps us with uh, growing our podcast and, and trying to share our message. Give us a like, leave us a review, let us know what you'd like to hear different. Give me a comment. And you know, if you have a topic that you want me to cover, I'm happy to, I, I read all those comments. So please do that. And then finally, as always, please go pick one thing that you can do today to go start building that life that you don't want to take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey, Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit bodicey.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.